0: Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silver Trench in the north woods of Wisconsin. And uh, we, we enjoy this part of the world because it's it's kind of nestled in um, kind of the backside of nowhere. Like we're not too far from civilization. <laughs>
1: but we're far enough.
0: But we're far enough. And we're on the edge of the Nicolay National Forest. And so you get a real taste of you know, just being in the middle of God's creation and I think that's what makes it a unique place. And I guess I guess any camp could probably say that, or at least a lot of camps, but uh we enjoy this part of the world. And um, it's
1: it's soup time of year where you, you make a pot of soup because it's chilly outside. That's right. That's it's very and, true. And, and you go out there and go, soup would sound good today. Just you know, it's it's soup isn't a summer food. No, no, even though sometimes we have it. But, but, yeah, but it's not really a summer this food. This is it's perfect. This time of year food where you You start cooking your creative soups now for a while, and you can have them from from now to March. That's true. You know, pretty much, and feel good about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been a mild fall for us, anything for a lot of the country, Uh, but today is when that changed.
1: Yep. (laughs) And it changed all of a
0: sudden. But that's okay. Count our blessings. I got my Christmas tree up already. Oh, do you?
1: Oh, yeah. Put it up yesterday. Cool. How big is it? Uh, It's about nine feet. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So all of you that want to uh, stop uh, people from deforesting the the world, you can write, Jason. That's right. (laughs) 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 Oh, no. These are grown on purpose to cut down.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. The place we usually got it to, actually, I I think they're starting to wind down. Oh, are they really? Yeah. We went there, and they had just finished selling to a wholesaler, and it looked like an open field almost.
1: Oh, my goodness. So we didn't have much of a selection. So it might be our last year. Well, you know, Birch Ranch, we moved a building and they were cutting down trees to make it go. There's yeah. a couple that would be good Christmas trees that got knocked down. That's right. That's right. In fact, while they were going down, my wife would say, somebody need a Christmas tree? Look at that one. That's
0: true. That, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's a great idea. So
1: there's a few laying on the ro- on this side of the road right now Yeah. that if somebody needed a Christmas tree, you just go pick that one up and put it in your house. Chop off the top. There you go. And wouldn't even need to on a couple of them, chop off the bottom and have the top real nice. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, hey, we just had an election in our country. Now this is pre-recorded, so right. Um, when you get this, you might be saying you're talking about an election. Well, doesn't matter. There's an election coming up at some point. That's right. And uh, and we just had one. But uh, in the election, if you look at our nation right now, our nation is divided. Right. It doesn't seem like there's a strict majority on anything. No. You know, it's almost 50-50 all the time and and runoff elections and and like the Senate, you know, it's not an overwhelming one side or the other. Um, And if you look at the laws of the land right now, there are states that have totally voted to outlaw abortion. There are states that, I think like Michigan, voted abortion into their constitution. Mm. There are states that that um, voted to make sure that everyone could carry a gun. There are states that voted no guns whatsoever. Yeah. And I'm looking at this going, this is the United States of America, and these states are so different. Yeah. They're so different. And there are states that that voted to ban marijuana. There are states that voted to legalize marijuana, and marijuana is still illegal federally. So... I don't even understand how this works. Yeah. I believe that, for example, it's legal in Colorado. So if a football player in Colorado is smoking marijuana and then they go get tested in Chicago, no, Illinois, it's legal too, in Green (laughs) Bay— I thought, who knows? (laughs) If they get tested and they have it, then they're in trouble because it's illegal on their banned substances. I I think at this stage in life, everybody's confused about everything. Yeah. You know, it's like, I want to live in an area where everybody agrees with my standards. Mm hmm Okay, now when you look at that, that becomes very tribal. Right. And if you think about tribalness, is tribalness a word? Tribalness, sure. Okay. We'll if, make it a if, word. if tribalness is a word, when you think about tribalness, you think about these wars that keep happening between the tribes. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to see that in the United States. It's starting to drive me crazy. Yeah, It's like there's these tribes, and there's a tribe in Washington, the state of Washington. There's a tribe in Washington, D.C. There's a tribe down in Chicago. If you look at uh, the state of Wisconsin, the uh, the city, the big cities, Milwaukee, Madison, I think Eau Claire, voted the current governor in. The rest of the state went the other way. Yep. But the population is so sparse in the rest of the state that it didn't matter. Yeah. So you've got all the rural area that goes against all of the urban area. Yep. I mean, completely the other way. Right. And, and I'm, I'm looking at that going, wow, I don't think in my lifetime I've seen... This kind of division Mm. that is so specific and now when you're going, I mean, Montana, they passed a law and people said it was totally, people didn't really understand what they were doing. But they actually passed a law that said, uh, I believe, um, a baby that's born, like aborted but alive, doesn't even get help. Really? Yeah. You're not supposed to help that baby. Now, I'm looking at that going, you know, I'm totally lost on some of these things. I have no idea. You know, and I don't even know if I got it right. You know, in in many respects, there's, they said it was confusing in Montana. Well, it's confusing for me, too. I'm not even in Montana. So I I don't understand what what law they just passed or what they wanted to do with that. But Mm. when you look at the whole situation, when you begin to try and understand what's going on in our nation, I am confused, and here I am, a guy that's in my mid-60s. I have a master's degree. I've taught all my life. It's not like I'm uneducated, and I'm confused. Yeah, rightfully so. So someone like your kids. Now, your kids are growing up, and what they're trying to do right now is grab what the world is all about. Mm -hmm. Can you explain to me what you're going to explain to them and what the world is all about? I don't know because it'll probably (laughs) I'm just wondering what (laughs) what in the world do you do with this yeah
0: and and that's a hard thing you know and it's different I think it's even different where you live you know even like you highlighted like I would say you know looking at the election like you said like I used to live in Illinois as did you and you look at their election map and it was the same thing you had Cook County right you know, you look at the rest of the state, the rest of the state went red, you yeah, know.
1: Well, but the, the thing even about that, Cook County, Chicago, we know that, you know, dead people still vote. So right, everybody in that county knows that that's fixed. Yeah. The whole state knows it's fixed. Right. I, I have no idea why they don't correct the problem. Yeah. You know, down there. Now, now, some might say you're an election basher. If you grew up in Chicago, you know that you just know this. Yeah. Um, now again, someone might be getting really mad at me thinking you're, you're casting stones or something, but it's more of a joke for all of us that grew up there. Yeah. So Chicago shouldn't count. For right. Anything. Right.
0: Well, and I think an observation that I made even too, and I think we even talked about this is that, you know, I even noticed how politics have changed since I was a kid. Because there used to be a term called a moderate, which I feel like has been, you know, has become obsolete, right? In this, in these last couple of election cycles, you know, you used to have obviously Republican, Democrat, but then you'd have these people that hang hang out in the middle, and and it, and it actually helped diversify. I feel like, yeah, the political field. Whereas now is, and we talked about this before in the show, is I feel like it's no longer about policies. You know, when's the last time you heard a discussion about foreign policy? Uh, you know, in a debate or an election standpoint you know it's all become character bashing it's all become you know um really painting the other side as evil right um whether it's through the lens of certain issues or topics or or whatever that is right um and if that's what politics needs to be it's like oof that's rough.
1: Yeah, and and I have a really weird mind, I think, because you know I was watching the news and an ad comes on for one of the senators that was running for senator in Wisconsin, and it talked about what his mom did for a living, what his dad did for a living, and I'm sitting there going, "We're not electing your mom and dad." Yeah, I'd like to know what you do. Yeah, I, I would like to know what you believe in. Yeah, just because you know your mom and dad. My dad was a preacher. My mom worked at a, a school lunchroom in Chicago. I'm neither of those things. You yeah. know sorry, that that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. I, I've been working here in northern Wisconsin for all my life. So yeah. there's a whole different understanding. You know, what we're trying to do is spread propaganda and get people to be in a situation where um, they have to be subservient to our ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my lifetime, there was this group that was called the Silent Majority.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, the Silent Majority really was the group that, ruled the nation yeah they let everyone that was talking wildly just talk Mm -hmm. and then they would go to the ballot box and vote yeah and then they'd go home and they were quiet they didn't argue about things they didn't debate about things it was like they evaluated what was being said and they would just go vote yeah and and that's how our nation was at one time but now it seems like there's no silent anybody Mm -hmm. so no one's evaluated it's like you have to be in one camp or the other and for some reason, it's split right down right down the middle. yeah the thing that really bugs me is the idea I think that most and I don't know how accurate any of this stuff is, but I think that Gen X and single women, et cetera, voted on the democratic side and and others were going to the Republican side. Mm-hmm. I don't get the significance of that necessarily, except for the Democrats really pushed abortion. Yep, um, which I find personally barbaric. Yeah, I mean it's like one party getting up saying, "Vote for me because I think we should kill the unborn." Mm-hmm. Vote for me because I think we shouldn't protect the most vulnerable people of our nation. Yeah, that is not a good platform. Right, you know, not in my sight. And and what does it say to to, to your kids? I mean the whole abortion issue. What does it say to them? You know, it says, "Well, if people find a baby inconvenient, they can just kill it." Right. What does that say about them? Mm-hmm. Logic will dictate that one day a child will say, "Wait a minute. What is it then that get? Why is it? Can my parents get rid of me?
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. If If I'm inconvenient, can I be gotten rid of?" Right. It sounds like yes. Mm-hmm. Now people would be appalled at that, saying that's not where we're at. That's how it starts, right? Absolutely. You have to start by saying this is inconvenient, so I'm getting rid of it. And if it's a baby, so what? Right. At the end of the day, and this is where our culture as as is not realizing,
0: you know, at the end of the day, truth has to still be truth. You can't change the truth, you know. Um, but that's that's what our culture is starting to do. Is that because they don't feel something is true they just change it right there's no absolute anymore yep um and that's that's where you get something like that you know they try to argue with semantics and different words saying well it's not a baby it's like no it's a baby yep. you know but they, they'll argue otherwise so much so that they truly believe in their head that
1: lie Yeah. I, I, you know, for me, I just keep wondering when does it become, where's the line where you say, okay, now if you kill that baby, it's murder. Hmm. Where's that line? Yeah. Is it right when they're born? Is it a month after they're born? Is it five years after they're born? When is it? Mm -hmm. And, and if someone like myself gets old and inconvenient, where's the line where you say, let's not take care of them anymore. Mm -hmm. So Somebody needs to, if, if you're going to start playing that game, you need to start defining where the lines are. Yeah. And they have already in the unborn in a way. You know, there's a couple things, a couple principles here that I think if you're a young parent and you've got young kids, you, you better start instilling this in your children. First of all, in a society where each person does what's right in their own eyes, there's only chaos. Mm-hmm somehow you have to instill that in your kids, that it is not, you cannot live in a way where you do what's right in your own eyes. Right. You can't do that. It's not about being true to yourself and whatever's good for you, whatever. That's not what it's about. It's about actually identifying what right is, mm-hmm. what you just talked about, what right is and wrong is, and doing right. That That's what it's about. So people have to get that in their heads that, a society where each person does what's right in their own eyes is not a good society. Mm-hmm. I think the second thing they have to get in their, their, their mind is that democracy is not what the United States is. We're, right. we're a republic. Right. We we actually, we're a democratic republic. We, we go and we vote people into office who then make the laws. We are not a true democracy where we all vote on the laws. Right. You know, we. we we have other people represent us to do that. Absolutely. So when we keep talking about this democracy we're in, it's like it's confusing to anybody who knows English. Mm-hmm. It's like we're not a democracy. We're a republic. But we have used the term so much. And the reason we use the term democracy is because we want everybody to think that all their votes are equal. Mm-hmm. They're not. No. The guy in Washington who's voting, his vote counts or her vote counts a lot more than mine. Right. On any policy. Now, they're supposed to represent me. Mm-hmm. But whether they represent me or not, the only the only voice I have is whether I want them representing me. That's the only voice I have. Mm-hmm. But it's not like every law comes to me and I get to vote on it. It's right. not. It, we're not a democracy. In fact, I would challenge anyone that's listening to go back to, to listen to our founding fathers when they talked about democracies and how they hated them. Mm-hmm. They did not set the United States up as a democracy. You cannot set a nation up that will be a long lasting nation as a democracy because people will always vote for themselves. Yeah. Which means you have trouble because there's nobody overlooking things and saying here's what's best for the whole. And if you start having people just vote for themselves, their own self-centeredness, their own, we're gonna be in trouble so we can't do that. Now, the the other thing that I see out there is is people having their feelings get in the way. Hmm. Uh, for example, um, this makes me feel good. This makes me feel poorly. Yeah. So in order to feel good, I need to do something. Well, here's the reality of it: everything in life has feelings attached to it. You eat a hot dog. You know, you're either disappointed in the hot dog or you're not. You have feelings that are attached to the hot dog. You still probably will eat it. Yeah. Now, what happens is, in our culture, we we keep appealing to those feelings. We're not appealing to the intellect.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and people are masters now at manipulation, at marketing, if you want to call it, at, as Hitler would call it, propaganda, to try and get people in their bandwagon so that they could get the job done. Yeah. One of the greatest dangers I see in history is when Hitler took control of Germany, and played the game of getting the majority on his side.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Because then the majority gave him the power to kill millions of Jews. And you think about that for a second. The majority. So what he had to do is learn how to manipulate the majority. Mm. And I would suggest to the people that are listening to this that there are many people out there that are learned, that have studied and worked towards trying to manipulate the majority for their own benefit. Yeah, that's what's dangerous. So, with all that said, all that foundational work said, what do we do with your kids? I mean, how do we right. get them? How do we get them to the point where we where they understand their responsibility and not be confused in the world in which they're growing up? Your kids go to a public school. They do. They're yeah. going to hear all this stuff.
0: Yeah. They're going to
1: hear. They're going to hear teachers call kids "they." Yeah, you know, and and they're gonna hear about non-binary. They're gonna hear about all kinds of stuff. What do you do when they come home?
0: You know, I think you dialogue with them. You know, and you and you go back to truth and say, you know, and and you establish the fact that we can know truth. You know, and it's it's beyond what we feel in a day. It's beyond our our circumstances and our situations. And you just do it in a way that is at their level. You know, I think sometimes, and this is something that my wife and I are learning our oldest is 9 and we actually talked about this while we we're on vacation you know cuz our sons starting to ask some questions but they're and they're not like they're they're not big questions but they're good questions and i think as adults we think we have to have like this long perfect answer and really what i told my wife is and and this is even working with uh, you know even our junior miller campers here at camp and even in the you know at developmental stages they look for different answers and right now you know at, at, at my son's age age of nine like you know it, it, it doesn't have to be a long drawn-out answer it could be a simple answer like here you know god created the world here's this here's this and like right. in his mind it makes sense you know and then as they get older then you can introduce more you know understanding to that but in a world that that really doesn't have truth and explaining to that it's like well this person feels this way this person feels this way you know what are they basing that on? Right. Is it on their feelings? Well, if we we're all to base our our, our thoughts on our feelings, then what how can that be true? Right. You know, we have to have something that is the foundation of our truth, and for us that's that's God's word, that's that's scripture that's laid out before us and that is the absolute truth. And and I think the the sooner and the more that we can communicate that to their kids and really and really not only communicate but but live it out. Stand up for the truth. Um, and that's something that even, you know, my wife and I are mindful of and it's encouraging to see, you know, cause there's even a, you know, looking at my son, he had an opportunity, you know, one of his classmates was asking him about God, you know? And so then he'd come back and ask us questions. He's like, can I bring in my Bible to school? I'm like, yeah, go for it. You know? And he came back saying, oh, I shared this verse with, with, you know, she was wanting to talk about it, you know? And it's cool to see, like, even at, at, at that age, he has a natural interest for he wants other people to understand what we understand, right? Um, but uh, but it has to come back to truth.
1: There well, has to be truth. And I think you said something key there. That what happens a lot of times is children will hear from parents, "Okay, this is wrong." So they go to school. Somebody says something. They look at them. And go, you're wrong. Right. Now they have no understanding other than this person's wrong. And in their mind, they're thinking, "You're wrong," so you're not. You're not a right person. You're, you could be a bad person, whatever it might be. Now, here here's the better way to teach, I think. I think it's important to teach. When we when we say that somebody is not thinking correctly, we need to also say the reason is, is they don't know God. Mm-hmm. It's not about them being right or wrong on that issue. Oh, right. Absolutely. It's really they don't know God, so they don't have any other way. Absolutely. So the issue always comes back to them knowing God. Yeah. And, and so when, when a child then is talking to somebody and they see, oh, you think that, um, you know, man came from butterflies, you know, and whatever, and, and all of a sudden the wings fell off and they were walking around the earth. You, you look at them and go, well, man, they don't know God. Yeah. Not you're goofy because you think man came from, you know, it, so it's a different mind frame. Absolutely. And, and the answer then is actually available. Mm-hmm. because we can't make people know God no so as you teach your kids that so so what does your children need to do what well, they need to know the bible they need to know God mm-hmm. and when you know God these other things aren't issues anymore they they take care of themselves right at least in your life personally and and people are looking for stability children are looking for stability
0: mm-hmm.
1: i mean you look at the world out there right now and kids are you know when when there's you know I forget how many genders are listed places, but when there are that many genders and they they are trying to figure out life, what am I? I don't know there's you know a hundred genders for you to pick from or whatever well, what am i you're you're a boy or a girl mhm oh well, that would be easy if that's the only two choices it is, yeah now, let's go look at what God did in Genesis now once again it's it's looking at what God did. Mm-hmm. not looking at what people are saying right now in life that are confused. And believe me, if somebody says there's a hundred some gender, they're confused. They're confused as to what to do with bathrooms. They're confused as to what to do with everything because that's not the way it was intended to be, mm-hmm. you know, from the very beginning. So I'm not getting on their case. I'm not calling them dumb. I'm saying they don't know God. Right. And, and so when kids grow up, we don't want to get them involved in the tribal warfare that's mm-hmm. out there. But then we also need to, to have them understand that there's people who, if you challenge what they believe, they'll make fun of you. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you can challenge what they believe, but there's ways to do it. Um, the, the best way to challenge what somebody believes is to live in a manner that shows what you believe. Mm-hmm. It's really much harder to attack a life. It's a lot easier to attack words. Yeah. So if somebody comes and asks you a question, like this person at school with your son, you know, they come and ask, okay, I want to answer the question. Good. Why was the question even asked is Mm -hmm. what you want to. Okay. Whatever elicited the question, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. At that age, in that schoolroom, in that environment. Right. And it would be totally different in. If you were a child growing up in Africa or Mm -hmm. something, it would be a different set of circumstances, Um, you know. And and I would think there, you know, the Christians where I was, they had one wife, they loved their wife, they took care of their wife. Okay, that was in contrast to somebody who could have four wives, and could divorce one just by saying, "I divorce you three times," and totally contrasted lives, totally contrasted security. Where then the people who were in those insecure lives were coming to the other Christians, saying, "What do you believe in? I mean, how do I get how do I get this?" Yeah. Rather than what I have, and it wasn't the men usually doing that because they controlled everything. But the women would look at it and go, "What is it that that I'm missing here?" Yeah. Because my life is nothing but fear.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you enjoy your family, and you enjoy your time here on earth, and you. En- And me, I'm just owned by this guy and used by this guy. And and it's a total contrast in life. Yeah. Well, if I'm living in that culture, the best thing I could do is love my wife, love my kids, live as if I love my wife and love my kids and go forward with it. Absolutely. Um, So if I'm advising young children today, I'm saying, you know, enjoy who God made you to be. If you're a a young boy, enjoy being a boy. Mm -hmm. Enjoy being a boy. Don't make fun of people that are confused. Don't do that. We don't yeah. we don't make fun. But when they're confused, they're confused for a reason. Yeah. Somebody's feeding them information that is confusing. I I tell kids all the time if I'm talking to them, God never gives you anything confusing. There's mm-hmm. nothing confusing. And I, and I'll start and I'll go, "What do you mean? Well, let me let me help you. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth." Confused yet? No, that sounds pretty simple, because it is.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. He created male and female. Anything confusing yet? No. Okay. He gave man choice. He said, if you want to listen to me, fine. But if you don't, here's the consequence. That hard to grab yet? Mm -hmm. No. So there's nothing in the Bible that's, I think, that is overly confusing for anybody. Yeah. And when you start getting confused, I am convinced that's a tool of the of Satan, and then and that's what you got to watch out for. And I think that's where our nation is. And if I'm teaching kids your age, especially nine year olds at this point, that's what I'm telling them. I keep going back to the simple look. When it gets overly confusing, it's not of God, right? It's not of God. Look at look at Mike. You know, if I'm talking to your, if I'm you talking to your child, I'm saying, look at mom and I. Yep. Okay. We. We're committed to each other for life. Is that confusing? Mm-hmm. No. Does that make sense to you? Uh-huh. Right. How about that? So yeah. there's families in school that, that are falling apart. Dad's leaving their wives, wives leaving her. Is that confusing? Yes. hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but dad, all the factors, that's where it gets confusing. Yeah. Because commitment doesn't have a bunch of arrangement factors with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think th- this
0: this discussion I think is at the core of what we actually need to be willing to talk about. Because I think some people, when you ask them, you know, well, what are you going to do about it? They don't want to talk. Right. And and this is just the start of this discussion. Unfortunately, whenever we get to this point, we run out of time, just like we did today. And so we'll just have to keep this discussion going. If you, you know, just tuned in or you want to join our discussion, you know, this is stuff that we talk about all the time in this show. So I encourage you to head over to silvertranch.org org where you could re listen to this podcast or others. But for now. This is Jason Davin, Younger and Older. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.